Hello and welcome to My Cat the Podcast, the show where each episode I talk with a different guest about a cat that has changed their lives. I'm your host, Mark Ahrens, and today on the podcast, I'll be talking to Monique about her cat, Dixie. Originally from South Africa, Monique has lived in the UK for over 18 years and works in sales in the hotel industry. She grew up with dogs, but has lived with cats throughout her adult life, including Lapsitter Tom, gentle ginger cat Harry, and glamorous rescue cat Billy, with whom she currently lives along with elder statesman Dixie, who we'll be talking about on the show today. So, without further ado, here's Monique talking to me about her cat Dixie. since he was really young yes 12 weeks as I said this is my longest relationship that I've had <laughs> he's the boy who stuck around the longest so and he's a cat so he could leave if he wanted to but yeah he's he's stuck through you know thick and thin and um yeah he's still here and how old is Dixie now he is 19 and three quarters yeah. a, f- a month ago or two there was a fox outside and there was Dixie outside chasing the fox off, you know, like puffed himself up. Billy's behind watching, but even though Billy's twice Dixie's size, but um, age 20 and yeah, scaring off yeah, a fox. It's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I think Billy's impressed. He follows him around. He's like, oh, I have to stick close and see what he's going to do. But um, yeah. How would you describe Dixie for people that haven't met him? So I guess Dixie is a typical tuxedo cat. So. Uh, he's quite big um, for a cat in terms of long legs, a long body, black with white paws, little white nose, so very stereotypical of a tuxedo cat. Um, in terms of personality, he's always been very shy. I suppose when you have three, there's always one that takes less um, attention, and he always sort of stayed in the background. He was quite happy to be that little cat in the background um, and let the other two take take front, front place. Um, and... How did you guys come to be together? What was that story? So my first cat was Tom, and I sort of inherited him from my aunt. He was a year old, and I didn't really want Tom because he, when, whenever I'd seen him, he wasn't very friendly. He would, as soon as you arrive, he'd leave the house. So I wasn't overwhelmed. But anyway, my mum and my aunt decided, and one day I came home and Tom was sitting in the living room. He'd been delivered to me. And he got on my lap that night and he was a lapsitter since then. He was super affectionate. And I think as the year went on, you know, that normal conversation of, oh, wouldn't it be nice if he had a sibling, you know, so um, we decided to get another rescue cat. And in South Africa, there's a charity called Friends of the Cat. And we went to go and choose one of these two kittens. Um, And the carer was living in a 10th floor building and she had several other cats there and these two kittens were running around rolling around together playing and yeah we just saw them together and they were so close they were 12 weeks then and it was lovely to see the relationship of them together so we took them both um harry's a ginger cat we named him after prince harry so he got that ginger look we had tom and of course 
and he was Dick. So we had Tom, Dick, and Harry. Um, obviously, it took Tom some time. He was, you know, mortified at the idea of having to share with these two kittens. But um, yeah, after an adjustment period, the three of them were very close. Did he eventually bond with Tom in the way that he had them with Harry? It was still always Dick and Harry together, very much so. Um, they would sleep together in the same bed every night. They would do everything together. And then as they got older in later years, I'd say another five, six, seven years on, we would often find the three of them together on the sofa or the three of them on my lap at the same time or the three of them sleeping together in the same bed. And yeah, I think... Um, I think multi-cat households can be difficult in terms of stress and actually Dixie had urinary tract problems for a few years and it would come every November when the weather changed and funnily enough when Tom died the urinary tract problems stopped. He never had them again. What was the process of bringing Dixie over from South Africa? How old was he at that point? Um, I think he would have been one, one or two. So yeah, he would have been one or two when we moved from South Africa to Ireland and they did um, six months quarantine and what we did because they only allowed two cats in each room we got them to alternate the cats and mix them every week so that one week one of them would be on their own and the other two would be together and to make sure that they were mixing they weren't just staying with Dick and Harry together all the time and Tom separately. I did notice when they came out of the quarantine Tom and Harry liked each other less than before I think it settled over time, but I think it was more just the competition thing between them. So then another three and a half years later, we moved to, to the UK and we just brought them across in the car. And yeah, we had a house again and they were outside. And, you know, those summers we never saw Dixie because he would have his breakfast and leave the house and we'd have to go looking for him at 11 o'clock in, at night in the, in the summer to find him. They all, all three of them caught a lot of insects, mammals, birds, everything. That's my least favourite part of having a cat. Yeah, it's not exactly my favourite part either. <laughs> so once you were in the UK, how long did this little trio of Tom, Dick and Harry stay together for? So Tom Tom lived to 15. Um, so they had a very good life or long life together. It's still a good age. Um, Tom had a lot of uh, problems like um so we discovered when we were living in Ireland but as with many things it takes a long time to figure out what the issue was but he had a lot of allergies and turned out to be grain and I think subsequently pancreatitis and then diabetes and yeah we spent many years you know having to do the medication twice a day the insulin and pricking his ear and so yeah so Tom got to 15 and then uh, Harry, 16, he had uh, kidney disease uh, in the end. And I think after prolonging Tom's poor health for such a long time, I kind of made that decision not to do that again with the cat. And I think this is one of the hardest things as a, as a parent for an elderly cat is knowing when is, when is the right time. And for me, it's always when the bad days are more than the good days, you know. And um, yeah, so Harry, I thought... We're not going to drag this on. He really wasn't in a, in good shape. And it's interesting because they came from the same litter. They looked very different, opposites. Harry was a ginger cat. Um, and he'd never had any health problems at all, whereas Dixie'd had the urinary tract problems. So, you know, you just never know who's going to outlast the rest. Mm. Yeah. We pay a huge price for the joy they bring to our lives. It's worth it for the joy, 
but it's a huge price. How has that process been for you, both losing to and now having an elderly cat whose situation, as you say, you have to almost monitor? Yeah, it's very tough. I have um, I have many days where, especially, f- fortunately not at the moment, but recently where I thought maybe it's coming to the end for Dixie, you know, and just being conscious that I don't want to keep him here just for my benefit if he's in pain or unwell. And um, yeah, so I think I do have my moments where I look at him and I think I know I haven't got too much longer with him. That's really hard, um, obviously, but... You know, I'm also very fortunate to have had him this long. That's the, you know, that's the blessing and the curse of it. Um, but I also know he's had a, a great long life. And so, yeah, that's the, I have to take that with, with the, with the positive. Yeah. Should also be added as well for anyone listening to this, that at the moment he's on tremendous form. Uh, he's amazing at the moment. Uh, he's on some new medication for his thyroid now. We tried this about a year ago and I stopped because it just made him poorly. And then I had this feeling that when it's his time, it's his time and took him back to the vet for something else. And he said to me, Monique, you know, he could really prolong his life by being on medication. And I said, well, he didn't do well with it before. And he said, it's a new one. Let's try it. And he has a new lease of life. I mean, he's put on weight. He's happy he's active he's yeah he's incredible maybe better than he was a couple of years ago even um so yeah and that's that's the hard choice sometimes it's like it's it's a it's a huge commitment it's twice a day um same time every day and you know he'll have days when he doesn't want to eat and i'll sit on the floor and sit with him until he eats or go and buy more food because he didn't like that one and you know all sorts of things so i do think that my extra level of care has contributed to his longevity and I think also you know noticing every single time something was a bit off take him to the vet quite soon and not just leave it because yeah I think I'm very in tuned with with my cats generally you know and I've I've said to the vets before it's like I know my cat this is and they and they can see that I know my cat so if it's something just a little bit off one or two days I know when to leave it and I also know when not to um, and that comes with time. Yeah. Yeah, comes with time. Yeah, and time together you have had. And I guess with everything that's happened in the world in recent years, that time together has only been intensified. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately I had to have Harry put down during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It was the first day of official lockdown and <laughs> it was tough for all of us but this was just another level of I just it was such a hard decision because of course Dixie and Harry were together so long and you know you never know exactly when it's right like was I doing this too soon should I leave it longer anyway so I had to have uh, Harry put down then and then it was just Dixie and I in a pandemic stuck in the flat you know by ourselves for weeks and weeks on end and that definitely for me I don't think I could have done that without Dixie with me because it was a lonely time but that's another level of of loneliness you know um and six months on after the pandemic started I lost my job so I was home literally every day for just about two years um as we were, you know, everyone said to me, would you get another cat? And I was like, no, Tom, Dick and Harry, that was, 
a story of a lifetime. There'll never be another Tom, Dick and Harry. And when Dixie's gone, that's it. No more cats. Because, you know, of the upset around losing them, the amount of responsibility and care. And But I knew I was going to go back to work and then Dixie was going to be completely on his own. And I was really worried about how he was going to manage with that. Um, because... I think people have this misconception that cats, unlike dogs, can be left on their own for long periods of time. And it's not, in my opinion, it's not really true. Um, and so I started looking for another cat to join us. <laughs> and I had been doing some socialising with my neighbour's two kittens. And so I knew Dixie would tolerate another cat, especially having been with two. Um, but, you know, cats are notoriously difficult to to mix, to bring a new cat into home, especially having done this with Tom. And then one day a friend shared me a link of a local charity and they had some older cats. And I thought, I'm happy to have the one-eyed black cat nobody wants. My only requirement was that the cat was open or could get along with another cat. That was my only requirement. So I had penciled in to go and see two other black cats. They were girls. I thought it might be nice to have a girl because I've only had male cats. And turns out that both those cats were very nervous and hadn't done well with other sibling cats. And on the same day I was due to go and see one of the black cats, this beautiful, glamorous, white and grey cat with, you know, big green eyes, came up on the website. And the only comment I noticed or one of the description was, may get along with other cats. So, of course, I, I called the charity straight away and I said, what makes you think that? And they said, oh, apparently he's... He's with the carer at the moment, but he's spending all day with the neighbor's cats. So it's like, right, I'll have him. Um, and it was a boy again. <laughs> um, and I knew some things about introducing cats to each other. Um, so I did a bit of scent swapping before. So I would take Dixie's bed and blankets and put them in the room where Billy was. And take something that Billy had been lying on that day and give it to Dixie and... So do a little bit of that. I let them see each other through the glass door. I think the advantage of Billy was that he was nonplussed. Mm -hmm. He saw Dixie. We didn't really care. He didn't seem bothered by him. Uh, Dixie, of course, was glaring with guarded suspicion. Who's this imposter in my home? Did a little bit of hissing and then retreated to the other room. So I left her. I didn't, I didn't force them. Um, and Billy sub subsequently spread himself out on the sofa like he'd been here forever. <laughs> it was just... <laughs> Oh, this is mine. I've landed with my bum in the butter. It's good. <laughs> and um, I think Dixie couldn't believe it. Like, what is this? How long is he staying? You know? Um, yeah. And every day it's gotten a little bit better. Um, do you think he'd missed Harry? So Dixie would have played a lot with Harry. They would do a lot of play fighting and chase each other. And sometimes it got rough. We had to split them up. They never really had that with Tom, and I wonder if it's because they were siblings, Dick and Harry, whereas Tom obviously was not their sibling and was not really interested in playing in the same way. And I don't think Billy had that experience before, but two years on, because July is two years since I got Billy, they now play and they chase each other. Um, so I think he's learned, you could see in the beginning, Dixie was the one who's actually more playful. He would maybe bite Billy playfully and run away, like expecting him to run after him. And Billy would just look around a bit shocked, like, what's this about, you know? Whereas now I've seen him doing that to Dixie. It's not quite so familiar like it was with Harry. You can see they're still testing each other out. 
but I have seen them sleep together in the same bed before purely because they just both want to be there not because they want to be together <laughs> um but yeah it's lovely to see how that relationship's grown and I think you know I kept saying I was getting Billy for Dixie for company I think it was also for me to soften the the blow of what's to come when Dixie's not here anymore you know to go from having three to none is, will be incredibly tough it's an incredibly long relationship 20 years over that time what changes have you seen in Dixie he's become much more affectionate now well since Harry died uh, with me and much more vocal uh, we have a little language and you know my neighbors and friends comment when I talk to him he he responds with an eek or a squeak or he, he you know we have a little language between us um, so he's definitely become uh, more affectionate more vocal I think because he's got a bit more space now he's not he doesn't have to compete with the other two he's not really a lapsiter like Tom and Harry and I do miss that um, but he will have his moments where if I'm lying on the sofa he'll come and cuddle up and lie there so he likes to be close but he doesn't want to be smothered it's almost like oh I've just thought of mum you know and I'll get up and go and sit with her for a bit and then I'll go back to my bed afterwards so it's just it's very subtle it's very sweet um yeah I like this I like this a lot um it's very heartwarming um is that the rewarding you for the yeah love and attraction yeah affection you give them yeah and I think also uh, Dixie whenever I used to take him to the bed he would come back and rather than being in a bad mood with me, he'd be a little bit more affectionate. And I was think, oh, I wonder if it's because he knows like I'm spending all this money on him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What plans for the future? What's next for Monique, Dixie and Billy? So we, we might be moving. And so this will be Dixie's, oh, I have to count which home this would be. Um, this will be his sixth or seventh move. Um, and it's funny because when we moved into this flat, um, I got divorced four years ago and I was really worried about how they were going to adjust from being in one house for 11 years to just coming with me to a smaller flat. And it's amazing how as soon as we, we got here, they were completely chilled out, like more so than they had been for a while. And... I guess they knew the level of stress that I was going through in the run-up to that move and the unhappiness and the just that stress of that decision of moving, etc. And yet when we got to the flat, all three of us were like super, super relaxed. Um, now it's three of us again, minus Harry, but plus Billy. And I don't have any concerns about how Dixie will manage with that because I think the foundation of his home is, is still around him. Um... But that's it. And I think, you know, I know that every day I have with him now is, is a bonus. So that's it. Yeah, you, you sort of have to prepare yourself for that. But, you know, I have a fantastic vet and he has a, an old old girl, he says, who's 22. And he said to me, oh, I think he's still got a good few more years. He's pushing for 22. So we'll see. You know, I'm opt optimistic, um, but realistic about that. Yeah. Mm. What effect would you say this relationship has had on you and your life? Um, I think that's hard to say, isn't it? Um, I think, you know, it's just, I think it's the value of a long, consistent relationship, really. Um, maybe as with any other, it's, it's no different, you know. There's something very special about having had Dixie from 12 weeks 
you know, and I still have memories of him and Harry together and and seeing how he's changed and, and grown and become the, you know, old gentleman he is, you know. Um, yeah, there's something very special. I feel quite honoured to have had that 19 years with him because it's not common. Um, and I think he, he will always be the cat I've been closest to. You know, we're so in tuned with each other because we spend so much time together and not not just on a day-to-day basis, but of course over the almost 20 years. So, um, yeah, it's it's a very close relationship. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't think that will happen again. I think it's a sort of once-in-a-lifetime type of relationship, yeah. Once-in-a-lifetime indeed. Thank you, Monique, that's great. On an autumn day in the year 2003, a kitten named Dixie was found with his sibling Harry in a patch of grassland outside Johannesburg. He was taken in by a local charity, adopted by Monique, and the story of a lifetime began. If you cast your mind back to where you were 20 years ago, Consider the changes you've seen, the things you've experienced, and how great a span of time that truly is. It's easy to see why Monique feels so in tune with Dixie. How could she not? We spend so much time with our cats. We know each other's routines, habits and quirks more intimately than we do many of our closest friends and family, which is, of course, what they become. And why saying goodbye at the end of our all too brief time together can be so heartbreaking. As Monique prepares herself for what's to come, I find it incredibly moving to see how she cherishes every day they've spent together and every day that's still ahead. For this once in a lifetime relationship is not yet fully lived out. A wiser human than I once said, Life should be a collection of stories. And I very much hope the story of Monique and Dixie, the boy who stuck around the longest, has many more chapters to be written. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to spread the word, like, subscribe, share with your friends, follow us on social media. And if you have any comments, questions, or you'd like to share your own cat story, please get in touch at mycatthepodcast at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram. I hope to hear from you soon, but until then, join me next time for more cat tales on My Cat the Podcast. Meow for now. <laughs>